2: Welcome back to The Scorecard with Barry Cronin and Mike Esposito presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine on Chicago's Sports Radio 670
1: The Score and Odyssey Station.
0: And we are back for Hour 2 on The Scorecard presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine alongside Barry Cronin, editor of the Chicago District Golfer Magazine. I am Mike Esposito here on 670 The Score and the great... Stevie Ray Vaughan in the background as we celebrate music from Texas with the tour down at the Byron Nelson this weekend. Can't go wrong with a little Stevie Ray. And now, though, Barry, it is time to head on out to the Alpamani Nissan hotline. Alpamani Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or at APNissan.com. Uh, we bump on over to uh, South Carolina. Uh, and we are thrilled to talk to the president of the Kiowa Island Golf Resort in South Carolina. Long local history here in the Chicago area. Uh, Roger Warren joins us on the scorecard. Good morning, Roger. Mike,
1: very good morning. Nice to be able to talk to you guys.
2: Good morning, Roger. Great to talk to you. And uh, folks, uh, Roger Warren, he's, a, he's, a, he, you know, he's got a big job now, but there was a time when he was washing carts out there at the Village Links. Correct me if I'm <laughs> wrong,
1: Roger. <laughs> That's a long time ago, but you're absolutely <laughs> right, Barry.
2: I did that. <laughs> well, humble beginnings. Uh, you know, for, from the birthplace of Carl Sandburg to uh, to the Kiowa Island Resort. Hey, uh, Roger. Uh, you know, obviously, the PGA is out there next year. You've got a, a wonderful incumbent group of people there who live right on the island, all golf lovers. I imagine that the uh, the anticipation for next week's PGA is is pretty high.
1: Yeah. It's one of those things that, um, when we announced it back in 2015, the, the excitement just keeps building every year. And certainly the, uh, the people who live on Keough Island, the people who live in Charleston the entire state of South Carolina is really looking forward to uh, showcasing what golf is all about in this state and, uh, represented by the ocean course. And I think it's just, it's going to be a great event, exciting event, uh, for the people here, a, a wonderful social event. So, um, I think it's all good. We're looking forward to it.
2: And the COVID situation—I imagine that it's going to keep the crowds down a little, but the enthusiasm will still be there, I would think.
1: Yeah, that—that's true. You know, it's been—it was um, when we started selling the event about uh, 16 to 18 months ago. We sold out very quickly. All the tickets, all the corporate hospitality, sold out. So when we had to then relook at. Um, the number of people that would be allowed on site based on the situation with COVID-19. Obviously, um, in the last four or five months, that's been a very fluid situation. So, uh, started out last year with the PGA Championship uh, in San Francisco with no fans and as the tour was doing. And as we've gone through this year and as the cases have started to drop and people have started to get vaccinated, it's changed the dynamic about how many people can come Um, We made a, the the PGA made a decision um, earlier in the spring about the number of people. So everyone was notified that had a ticket, whether they were going to get to keep their ticket or not. And so we've had to reduce the number of spectators. um, But we think that even though the numbers down, the intensity and the support of the people who will be there will take up some of the slack and help the players understand that we're really happy to see them there. And And happy to support them as they meet the challenge of the ocean course in the next week.
0: Roger Warren is our guest here on the Scorecard. He is the president of the Kiowa Island Golf Resort in South Carolina. The PGA, of course, as we're talking about, will be there next week. And, and Roger, I know a lot of our listeners are familiar with your name, but certainly a a long history here in the Chicago area, Uh, Illinois PGA Professional of the Year back in 1998. Uh, Illinois PGA president, national PGA president, but you've been down there. I didn't realize that you've been down there for almost 20 years now at Kiowa.
1: Yeah. I, I um, celebrated my 18th anniversary, uh, April 1st. And uh, it's amazing how quickly the time flies that, uh, you know, I was blessed to be a part of the Chicago golf scene for a long time. A lot of great um, golf professionals in that area, owners of golf courses, uh, people who played golf. It was just, it, it turned into one of the, the golf hotbeds in the country and it was fun to be there. And then to come down here to South Carolina and experience, a, you know, different grasses, different season. Um, it's all been very, very um, good. And I've been blessed to do it. And I'm, I'm proud of my time in uh, the Chicago area and Illinois area. And I'm, I'm equally proud of the time here in the Carolinas. And it's, it is so inspiring right now to see golf make the resurgence. It's doing right. Uh, all the people who, been open over the um the season you know back to october november last year i've seen significant growth in participation and play uh in here in the south and the southeast and i'm really hoping that that's what everyone in the chicago and the midwest area will also experience because it's been so gratifying to see that golf has played such an important role during the pandemic to allow people to get at least close to some normalcy in their life as they go out and play golf and get outside. We see more people walking. Um, It's just been a very positive situation with the game of golf, and uh, I'm really proud to be a part of that.
2: Roger, you were president of the PGA of America, and obviously have been involved in the uh, hierarchy of the organization for many years. And um, you know, the game of golf has gone through uh, ebbs and flows, up and down. Oh no, you know, nobody's ever going to play golf again. Oh wow, we got people playing golf. Isn't it great? Um, <laughs> you know, and then we've had this, we had this lull before the pandemic, where, where participation was either flat or going down a little bit. Um, what? What do you see as how are they going to retain the golfers that have, uh, that have come back? Ed Stevenson was on earlier from the Preserve at Oak Meadows and said that DuPage County golf participation was up 46% last year. And I think it was. that's what it was You know where you are and all around the country. How are we going to retain these uh, golfers uh, if we are going to be able to retain them?
1: Well, I do believe we're going to be able to retain them. And I think the amount of them that we retain, is going to be in direct correlation to how appreciated um, the, they, the, the people who play feel by the people who own the golf courses take care of them. We, you know, the last really boom we had in golf was in 1998. And we were, we had a big growth in golf courses in the Chicago area. Everybody's excited about it. And um, you know, all of us felt like at some point after that, we almost took it for granted and, I think those of us who've been in the business since then understand that you can't do that, and you have to make sure that every player who comes through your facility feels appreciated um, and wants to come back and have that experience. I also think that the programs that have been done nationally and locally, like in the Illinois section or down here in the Carolina section of the PGA, the junior programs that have happened, the outreach programs to adults to get them involved, there's just a lot of inertia right now that's been provided by the programs that all of us in the business have gotten involved in to try to um, get new players, keep the players that are here. So I think that we're at a – we've really gotten to this point through a lot of efforts by a lot of people, and I think we're smarter today than we were in the past, and we're going to work to make sure that the people who come and play enjoy it and that they know that we appreciate it. So I I feel very uh, positive that we can keep this surge going. Roger,
0: uh, as we talk about uh, next week's championship and uh, you mentioned some of the uh, ticketing thing, uh, ticketing situation and and dealing with fans and whatnot. But I'm sure and I know the answer to this is already, yes, it's an immense undertaking. But can you maybe detail? I mean, when you when you're awarded uh, the PGA championship, you know, you're going to have it. You know, the dates. How how many years? What 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 goes on behind the scenes as you get ready to host next weekend?
1: Well, we really, really, <clears throat> since this is our second time doing it, we also did it in 2012. Um, the, the, the real work and planning starts about two years out. You start putting together your ticketing plan, your marketing plan, um, and you, you get out into the market and start talking about it and start selling your tickets. And then the real effort to, um, to, to do the build out and get it going is probably about, we started about five months ago. Um, uh, focusing on, you know, the the PGA brings in their operations team and their tournament director about 18 months to two years out to be in the community, to meet with, you know, groups to talk about um, being involved in it. And um, so it's a concerted effort. The PGA of America, and obviously my past association may be biased, but I think they, they are the best in coming into the communities and getting the community involved in the event and making sure that the community understands how important they are to the event. And they're very professional at what they do. They're organized The people in there, the leadership they provide to get this site built out. We've got, um, you start with the Hospitality tents um, and all of the, uh, the infrastructure that has to be there so that it can be delivered to both the, the fans on site. And then the people who watch it, around the world on TV. Um, all of that is just about done. We will be done tomorrow, getting it ready. And then Monday when the players get here, everything's ready to go. Um, and the party takes place. So it's a lot like party planning. You do a lot of planning and then you get here and you execute and, and you hope that it comes off well. Um, and I do want to um, give props to uh, our golf superintendent at the ocean course, Jeff stone, this is his second PGA championship. And he is, done an outstanding job. This golf course is in meticulous shape and um, the conditions we have down here in May are much different than when we had it in August in 2012. It's cooler. You know, our temperature last night was 55 degrees. It'll be 70 uh, most days, 70 to 75 during this event, the wind is going to be up. So I think it's going to provide the challenge and the excitement um, for both the players and the fans because of the conditions that'll be present for them as they uh, participate in this event.
2: Yeah, it's going to be exciting. You can't give too many props to the golf course superintendents. That's for sure. They really get the job done. Roger, I wanted to ask you, um, uh, every year at the Masters, uh, they come out, and they're always asked. uh, Fred Ridley, the chairman of the Masters, was asked this year about the golf ball. And we all listen. The media says, why don't you, you know, basically asking, what are you going to do about the golf ball? It's going too far. And I sit there and watch that, and I say, uh, well, my ball – golf ball doesn't go too far it goes too short and um i i sit there and you know you obviously at the highest levels of the pga of america and i know you're still involved and you know a lot of people there um as a pga professional i think you probably agree with me that for a lot of most people playing the game it doesn't go too far are we going to see at some point with the usga with uh, mike wan taking over another west suburban guy naperville uh in a in a month or two uh, are we going to see a bifurcation of the golf ball? We're going to see the pros playing a tour ball, and the rest of us playing what we need to play. They have fun.
1: Well, I'll, I'll I'll start by saying that I'm not in a position to give any statement on behalf of the PGA or anybody else other than myself here. Um, I, you know, I'm 71 years old, and I play golf regularly, and I can still hit the yardages that I hit my driver when I was uh, 41 or 31, which tells me that, um, and it's not because I'm a better player or stronger, but it's because the equipment has allowed, um, allowed me to have that opportunity. And I think that is so important as we continue to want to make sure that the public plays the game, enjoys the game, um, that players can see themselves getting better. And I do believe that it is a challenge at the professional level and the elite player level to look at, um, how far the ball is going. Um, but it's not just the ball. It's, it is the fact that equipment is better. The technology is better. The players are bigger and stronger and in better condition at the professional level because they work at it. It's their job. So I think it's a mistake to just look at the ball by itself. It may be the easiest thing to do, but I do believe that, um, that golf courses that we have today that want to host professional events um, are faced with a quandary because do you take your golf course and try to lengthen it to a link that only professionals will play? Do you build new golf courses with links that only professionals will benefit by, or do you do something to to bring that back? Our golf course we're going it's gonna play at seventy eight hundred and seventy six yards for the championship. It's wow. the longest yardage for any major championship in history. And we can still go back to 8,000 yards if we have to. But in the end, um, you have to question, there aren't that many golf courses in the country that can do that. And so I think there's a there's a practical um, uh, res- responsibility to look at it. And it is a multifaceted problem uh, relative to the professional game. I don't think it's as, as big a problem for the amateur game. And I would hope that a solution can be found that doesn't, negatively impact the experience for the amateur player as they, as we continue to try to keep them involved in playing in this game. And um, I think at this point we're going to have to uh, look at it objectively and see what solutions can be, um, can, can come out of this discussion.
2: Well, it's interesting. You mentioned uh, that you're going to play the longest uh, tur- tournament ever in, in 2005 or six at the, at the Medina PGA it was the longest uh, course ever played at 7,561 yards. (laughs) So you've added, you know, two or 300 yards uh, to to your, uh, to the event uh, out at the ocean course. So, uh, but, so you think for the average players, they're going to leave the ball alone and maybe just, and maybe tighten it up for the pros?
1: I I don't know, but that's what, if I was asked that question um, by someone who had the opportunity to take the input and make a decision on it, that's what I would recommend because I just, I see the enjoyment. Um, you know, we have a, our community here is a um, an established age community, if you will. And I see so many of them out there playing and enjoying the game and hitting the ball. I play with a guy who's 80 years old um, every time I play. And he's moved up a set of tees a couple times, but he still hits the ball in a way that he recognizes it. That's the way he hit it when he's younger and he can still score. And I think that's what this is about, making sure people have fun and play the game and play it for their whole life. And I don't think we, as the, the leaders of the game, should try to get in, in the way and impede that enjoyment or that progress for them.
0: Well, Roger, we, uh, we're out of time here. We really appreciate uh, you joining the show this morning. And uh, best of luck uh, with the championship next week. I'm sure it will be great, and uh, I'm sure we'll all be watching. So we really appreciate your time this morning.
1: Thanks, Barry. Enjoyed talking to you, and uh, you guys uh, keep it going. I, I loved listening to the golf shows on SCORE, and I'm glad you're still doing it.
2: Awesome. Thank you very much, Roger. We'll uh, we'll look forward to catching up soon. Okay, take care. That's
0: Roger Warren, president of the Kiowa Island Golf Resort, uh, uh, Chicago-area uh, history native of Galesburg, uh, been around the block here in the state of Illinois and the city of Chicago, and... A former listener of the show, Barry, and there's something for that uh, certainly that uh, we appreciate. Uh, well, as- he was
2: a former, he was a former listener and longtime guest uh, on the show. I know sure. that when the in the in the uh, Phil Cozen iteration of this show, yeah. uh, Roger uh, Roger was on him many times because because uh, uh, Phil was a a West Suburban guy and uh, sure. and uh, so was Roger. So uh, it was it was just great to have Roger on. He's such a good guy, and of course uh, everybody knows him. So now we've had. Two um, giants of the West Suburban golf uh, community on our show, Ed Stevenson and uh, Roger Warren. So it's a great thing. The West well, it, sub- Western suburbs is a lot of golf out there.
0: And and he he said it, and I I noticed it too. And just kind of prepping for the show, he's been down in South Carolina for almost twenty years. It's crazy to think that, but uh, uh, the time flies, I guess, uh, when you're having fun. And uh, certainly <laughs> that has been the case uh, for Roger down there at Kiowa.
2: Yes. Good man. Good man. And, Good uh, man.
0: He's going to have yeah. his hands full next week, too, with the uh, the PGA championship. And uh, certainly will be exciting uh, watching them play uh, the ocean course uh, next weekend. Uh, we well, are late, Barry. Be...
2: Oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: I was just going to say we are late for a timeout, so we need to take that. When we come back, uh, we will get back to the Byron Nelson championship. And then before we're out of here, our swing thoughts segment uh, with Dan Kochevar from the Oakbrook Golf Course. All of that and more. When we return on The Scorecard, presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine, Barry Cronin, Mike Esposito, here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.
2: Call from mom. Answer it.
0: Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back on the scorecard presented by our friends at Chicago now. district golfer magazine.
2: Billy Gibbons. The
0: and they talk about Texas right there yeah, in the first line, Barry, how could we not have that in our Texas music yeah, segment as we uh, travel down to uh, McKinney, Texas, right outside Dallas for the Byron Nelson championship. And, uh, ZZ See, you top. Thought LaGrange,
2: you thought LaGrange is in the Western suburbs <laughs> of Chicago. <laughs> That's and, right. Uh, there, there it is down in Texas. Uh, ZZ top Texas. tells you otherwise, right? There you go. Hey, Mike, I wanted to mention something real quick before we get on to Dan, coach of our uh, great uh, instructor from the Western burbs. Uh, Hinsdale's Mac McClear, uh, sophomore at the university of Iowa. Uh, was the individual champion at the Big Ten uh, tournament uh, recently? Mm-hmm. We talked with Mike Small last week. Um, his his Illinois team uh, won as a team. They won the uh, the, the uh, Big Ten championship. But I wanted to mention that Matt McClear, who is from Hinsdale, uh, won the individual title. So congratulations to congratulations to him and uh, another another West Suburban go- golfer. It's amazing. They're all over yep. the
0: place. We, and we always want to mention the uh, the local tie-ins. We always want to uh, spotlight and highlight uh, our local golfers, so absolutely, uh, uh, definitely uh, congrats there. Uh, this segment presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine, uh, and, and as we were uh, chuckling around the ZZ Top, uh, we, we are having fun with being down in Texas uh, at the Byron Nelson Championship, the... The home tourney of a Jordan Spieth, as, as we might say. But uh, Jordan, among, among the leaders, uh, he is currently tied for sixth uh, after a 63-70 on the first two days. Uh, it's funny. I was looking at the scores as we were talking uh, to Art Strickland, who's down there covering the event, Barry. And I'm looking at guys because you guys were talking about the six under and, and how that's uh, the cut line. Sergio Garcia shot a 65 on Thursday and missed the cut with a 75 yesterday. That's unbelievable when you think about it. It's like, hey, you shot a 65 in your first round. You're you're automatically thinking that you're playing playing the weekend. Maybe not. Not not with the, the scores as low as they are this weekend.
2: Well, I, I, think the, I think the wind came up a little bit on Friday, so the boys had a little bit of a problem. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he shoots 65 on Thursday. You think you're pretty much going to cruise into the weekend. But uh, <clears throat> I don't know exactly what happened to Sergio, but uh, wh- whatever it was, it wasn't so good. Uh, so, anyway, we'll move on. Yep. You know, kept right? missed the cut, too, and so did Jason yep. Day and a uh, n- number of other guys. Z- Will Alatoris and... And uh, Hideki Matsuyama barely made it. They re- made it on the yep. number at six under. So, uh, and Spieth is at eleven under. He's he's uh, he's set six shots back of Sam Burns, who's at seventeen under, which is where he was when he won the Tampa Bay event a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, they're having their way with the uh, the TPC at Craig Ranch, but. You know, uh, a lot of guys did miss the cut, and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe today they'll they'll tuck the pins a little bit and and uh, and, uh, and, and uh, maybe double cut those greens a little bit and roll them and make make it a little more challenging for the boys.
0: Yeah, and and I was going to to mention that too. We'll see if if this uh, pace keeps up, and and if so then certainly very easy to, to make a run at, at this, unless Burns runs away uh, and hides uh, <laughs> at 17 under. I mean, he shot a 62 yesterday, but I mean, Hey, listen, we've, we, we had Spieth with a 63 on Thursday. We had a few 63s on Thursday, uh, 62 for Burns yesterday. I mean, some, some low sixties and mid, lots of mid sixties scores yeah. uh, so far in the first two days.
2: Well, yep. And, um, it's all really about when you look at the tournament. It's 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 about that tournament, but it's also about the preparation for next week. And um, Spieth, this is his first tournament back. He had COVID. He was out for a couple of weeks. And um, you know, if he wins uh, next week at uh, Kiowa uh, at the PGA Championship, that'll be the fourth. A leg of the Grand Slam, and he'll have achieved the career Grand Slam uh, at a very young age, and um, that's really going to be the drama next week, as well as Rory McIlroy uh, having won last week, and he won last time the uh, tournament was at uh, it was at Kiawah. He won in 2012 the PGA, so uh, um, you no, know, it'll be a uh, it'll be a good tournament next week. Hey, uh, Mike, the other thing I wanted to do is mention uh, we had a couple of uh, a couple of guys. Uh, who are really big in the industry, who, uh, who passed away this past week. Um, one is Bill Abrams, a golf pro who was actually on our show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, oh, very man. untimely death at age 55. Um, Holy cow. Uh, very shocking and terrible. And, and Bill was a, uh, was a uh, you know, in addition to just being a wonderful guy, a lot of achievements, 2019 Illinois PGA Teacher of the Year. Uh, Central Illinois PGA Teacher of the Year in 2017, um, just a lot of accolades and um, a, a really a fine man. And so it's a big loss. Uh, he was the uh, head golf professional out at Balmoral Woods uh, Country Club out in Crete, and had his own golf business going. A great teacher and uh, and uh, just a just a real shame. So I just wanted to a shout out uh, to to Bill's family and also his extended family in golf uh, in in the chicago area and in the state of illinois and nationally he was a nationally known figure and the other gentleman i wanted to mention was uh was uh, roger moore uh, roger was with the uh was a was a uh a, a director at the western golf association for many years and was the president for a while was involved with their endowment fund um, he passed away at the age of 89 uh, last week and uh, I just wanted to mention that to uh, uh, two fine men in the golf industry and and we just wanted to tip, tip our caps to them
0: yeah no and, and that's very surprising I mean it, you mentioned Bill was just on the show a few weeks ago that's uh... Very sad news, and our condolences to the families uh, and friends of, of those gentlemen. Um, you never know, Barry. Right? Get on out and enjoy today, because tomorrow is uh, promised to no one. I, I guess uh, it's time to start, uh, uh, you know, thinking like that. Or it is. It's always good to think like that, right? You don't know what well, uh, tomorrow may bring.
2: As a cancer survivor, my uh, my uh, uh, my motto is front load your life. So
0: there you there you go. Well, and you know what? And that's uh, good words to live by. There. Uh, we will uh, step away for a second, Barry. When we come back, you mentioned Dan Kochavar. He is from Oak Brook Golf Course. He will be our Swing Thoughts uh, segment guest. Uh, we will talk uh, to uh, an Illinois PGA Teacher of the Year, uh, how he goes about teaching juniors, and uh, everything going on there at Oak Brook as well. But before we do that, and I know you love this too, we have we have a contest, and we love contests. We love giving stuff away. Uh, but here's how we're doing it. You've got to log on to the CDGA's website, cdga.org slash contest. you got to register to win a CDGA season starter pack. You'll get an imperial hat, towel, and zero-friction super tube with spectrum mat balls, tees, and an universal fit glove. Everything you need to start the season. So head on over to the CGA's website, cdga.org slash contest, and register to win that contest. When we come back, we will talk to Dan Kochavar, from Oakbrook Golf Course on our Swing Thoughts segment here on The Scorecard on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Just let it happen. Be the ball. Be the ball, Danny. You're not being the ball, Danny. Well, it's
2: kind of difficult with you talking like that. Okay, I'm not talking. Stop talking. And now, The Scorecard presents Swing Thoughts. Some free advice from the best teachers in the game.
0: And who doesn't love a little free advice as we jump back into the scorecard presented by Chicago District Golfer Magazine. Barry Cronin, Mike Esposito, our final segment of the show, uh, and it is Swing Thoughts. We are happy to hop on out to the Alpamonte Nissan hotline, Alpamonte Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or at apnissan.com. And Dan Kochevar joins us, uh, former Illinois PGA Teacher of the Year uh, from Oakbrook Golf Course. Hey, Dan, good morning. Good morning,
3: Mike. Good morning, Barry. How you guys doing?
2: Good morning, Dan. Great to talk with you, uh, Dan. Nothing uh, people like better than uh, free golf lessons. So, uh, you know, you're on the spot. You know, help us. We don't know what to do. Well, what, you know any, what I'll tell you. Yeah. Any advice you have for you know, we're kind of still starting the season. It's been the weather's been crummy and uh, and everything. So, what uh, what advice do you have, uh, Dan? Help us.
3: Well, you know, Barry, when you asked me about the swing advice and everything, um, would I, would I, one main thing that I want to advise any of our listeners and everything, everybody has their own uh, swing and their own sense of time, uh, regardless if the swing is too inside, too upright, too flat, et cetera. But everybody has their own swing. So, therefore, everybody has their own time in in their swing. And my advice as far as the swing tip is to try to have each one of the persons um, get an idea of, how, do they, how can they complete their backswing in order for them not to rush their downswing? So whether it's keying in on your hip turn, your torso turn, your hands, it's, most of the time it's the impatience from the top of the swing in order to hit the ball. And uh, I think everybody out there has a, a certain uh, stress level when it comes to hitting the ball, and they don't give themselves their appropriate time. So it's not everybody's on the driving range hitting golf balls. Some people just go to the tee. But they have to be patient enough to complete their move and get their feeling on how they're going to hit the ball well because everybody who's played the game has hit that shot that was really good. And I always say those are you got to have the time and the place to remember that shot and try to the best of your ability to try to recreate that. And I find that you know without getting technical in arm position, hand position, turn, etc., is that for the players to kind of go back and kind of get an idea of what that, what that shot felt like and try to recreate it as much as they can.
2: Yeah. Boy, Dan, uh, you know, that's true. Sometimes you can be standing there on a tee, and you hit a great tee shot on the hole number one, and then you, you're doing okay, and then all of a sudden it, it, it goes away, and then how do you recapture it? That's uh, that's the great dilemma of golf, I think.
3: Well, you know, what I find the recapturing is, is also an understanding that, you know, when you do hit that certain shot, that's really good, and the swing felt well you might uh, approach the next shot and you might have a completely different lie, different angle, different stress level and what you want to do is try to put yourself in a situation where I want to hit a shot that creates the most comfort. Uh, years ago I used to say you got to not have favorite clubs, you got to get better at each and every club, but the reality of people do have favorite clubs and favorite situations and I say you know, if you're in a situation that's more difficult, hit the shot or in the club that you feel most comfortable with, and play the game. That's why you have short game. That's why you have 14 clubs. That's why you work on putting, etc. But people tend to feel like they have to hit the shot to hit a certain distance, and and that's where they get into trouble, and that's where the scores go up.
2: And it seems like when you uh, when you hit a uh, a, a good shot, uh, sometimes the the next time you get up on the tee, you hit a good tee shot, and the next time you get up and tee. You say, I'm going to hit this this one even better than I hit the last one, and then I just yank it into the woods on the left,
3: you know? Yeah. Well, I it I uh, the, the, uh, the swinging hard syndrome. So what happens is somebody, when they really time something, it could be their maximum speed and their best shot. And the reality of and I think everybody out to realize, you know, I didn't even feel like I swung that hard. And I, was, I try to tell people, TrackMan, for example, or FlightScope, there's not a, uh, a a device on it that says hard swing. It's speed, it's solidness of contact, it's ball speed. It's not how hard you swing. Mm-hmm. So what happens? You're right. When pe- people hit it good, I'm going to try to hit this next one better. So what? Is, what does instincts take over? They swing harder, and then the timing gets all messed up, etc.
0: Yeah. Talking with Dan Kochivar from uh, from Oakbrook, and and Dan, we actually have a text question that I'm going to throw to you because. Uh, we we have uh, we have people out there uh, wanting to ask you some questions, uh, and, and we're kind of talking about this, I think. But the best your best swing thought from the transition from the the end of your backswing to the start of your downswing.
3: I, I feel it's 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 almost the completion probably of the torso or shoulder turn, and almost feel like you can wait on that, so then you can kind of, kind of swing your arms through the shot. A lot of times people will talk about you know, trying to use the lower body to transition And, and sometimes it's very hard to feel that when you're in, in, in the swing. On the range, you can maybe work on, you know, transitioning your lower body and think about when you're on the golf course, what do you bring on the golf course with your legs and hips are going to be there. So I would say the completion of the upper body turn and then the, uh, the transition, which is always the hardest thing to teach. I tell people going from the finishing of the backswing to the start of the downswing, it's hard not only to teach, but it's also hard to feel. So it's, it's almost like you turn and then get, get a feel of where your arms need to come in through the shot to hit your most successful shot.
2: Dan, you teach a lot of youngsters as well as adults, et cetera. Um, how, how young do, you, do kids come in and see you? How old are they, and, and uh, what do you work on with them?
3: Well, I, I, I pretty much start working individually with juniors when they get around junior high age. There's a lot of wonderful programs, even here at Oprah Golf Club. Jeff does a great job with the younger, littler kids. But my success is usually when they get to junior high all the way through, they get a job in life. Mm -hmm. But when you get kids involved at a younger age and make it fun, there's some wonderful programs that are out there to get the kids that are five, six, seven, eight years old. But I always say if you do get your kids into that at that young of age, make sure they get the right equipment. U.S. Kids does a fantastic job. As, uh, as far as getting the, the the clubs at a very reasonable price, so the kids are swinging clubs that they should have. If kids are not swinging the quite the clubs they want, they're not hitting it as good, and you're not giving them the best chance. So I think that's pretty critical, for, or very critical for the parents to think about. You know, making that little investment every two years at six, eight, nine, or whatever it might be, until they move into uh, regular equipment, depending on their height and size. Right.
0: Now, Dan you you've been out there at Oak Brook Golf Club for for a long time, now, almost 20 years, uh, and uh, I know you've taught a lot of uh, a lot of people whether it's kids, adults, whatever. What what if, what if uh, what would you classify, I guess, as the as the the biggest change, the biggest difference from what you see from from when you started there to to now in terms of teaching and in terms of maybe the receptiveness to to some of the teaching?
3: Well, you know, the there's a lot of different changes, and some things are happening quickly. Like in the past year, there's a tremendous amount of new younger adults picking up the game, you know, due to, say, COVID and the popularity of sport, uh, the golf game. And you start seeing the environment that golf has within country clubs. They're super busy, busier than they've ever been. Our golf course here is in beautiful shape, the new clubhouse uh, improvements. So people like the environment of being around. So that change of the game is just. The exposure to it is the most recent change. If you go back about 20 years when the boom, like Roger was talking about, the Tiger boom had a different because uh, there was more, actually more golf courses and they were thinking about building more golf courses. And so that, that just kind of snowballed and then it leveled out a little bit. As a matter of fact, uh, I was listening to Roger and Barry. Uh, Roger's the one who gave me a call to get on the Illinois Junior Golf Association board back when he was going to be running for a PGA So I've known Roger for a lot of years, and he did a wonderful job with the Illinois Junior Golf to how it started growing. And you can even see the competitive juniors have gotten, it's a bigger and bigger pool of maybe not so much numbers, but they play a lot. You know, they're getting more competitive uh, even in a regional and national sense. So uh, there's a lot of different little changes, and I think as golf professionals and uh, uh, course managers and green superintendents, you, 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 you almost have to be up on the what's happening now because things are happening a lot quicker. It's not a slow, um, uh, this is what's happening. You have to adjust a lot quicker in this game. And the same thing when you start training people. People are getting their information through YouTube, et cetera. And you almost have to, your job is to try to, you know, dissect what they're talking about listening to and how would it apply to them. So it's like you got to keep up on a lot of different things nowadays.
2: Dan, uh... In night, you know, we've got the uh, DuPage County Junior this weekend at uh, the preserve at Oak Meadows. And you were the founder of uh, that tournament in 1999. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and, and why you did it?
3: Yeah, Barry. Um, back in the 90s, Mike Monroe opened up the uh, White Pines Golf Dome, uh, 91, and I started teaching there more full time in 93. And what I was noticing was that there was a tremendous amount of juniors started getting into the wintertime practicing with their parents, et cetera, and the, and the dome was packed. So one thing was the Illinois Junior Golf didn't start until June 1st, and I started thinking if they're going to start practicing, well, they, we should have an event. There was no events in the spring until June. The Plantation Tour came in the 2000s. So, what I decided to do was to run a tournament. It was all word of mouth. And for a number of years, it was fill out the thing. There's no computers or nothing. And first event was 180 players. second event was 243 players. And then it was 270. It was all at Maple Meadows. And then we got Oak Meadows involved. Ken Lindsay and I got together to start it because he was the golf professional that would run it after the permanent tee times. The kids loved it so much. The demand was there. And now, uh, the, the, the way things are, it's it's the it's a, one of the majors at Illinois Junior Golf, and my sister and I. She was the one to help my family. We we just run it all as, as a family, and we reached out to all the good players. And you get the good players, you bring in everybody else, and that's how it. That's how it came. And then in 2012, I donated to Illinois Junior Golf because they were uh, association because they were fantastic and helping us out and, and running it. Now it's become a really big organized event. We got the Junior World Qualifying. I went out to San Diego so that we moved the Junior World from Plomington to the Page County. So since then, it's really it developed into something uh, something special that we're all proud of and everything. So it, it, it was it was a lot of fun when we ran it, but it was also a lot of work.
0: Yeah, no, and that's one thing we talked about with Roger too. I mean, and obviously running the PGA Championship and running a, a Junior Golf Classic probably a little bit different in terms of scope, <laughs> but but right, it's still you're 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 doing all the party planning, you're doing all the uh, tournament planning. It, uh, I'm sure there's a ton of back work that goes in there that nobody sees that that takes up lots of your time.
3: Absolutely, and you know you have to, you have weather involved when you start it in the springtime because you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, I feel for these kids a lot because. They do train a lot in the winter. We, you know, we train our kids pretty hard, and, and they kind of get ready. And the next thing you know, some weekends it's raining, some days super windy. You know, they don't have the luxury of the great conditions, but they, they toughen up, and, and they, they really learn how to play. You don't want to give them excuses, but there's a lot of legitimate excuses of how difficult it is to play in the spring. So I give them credit for, you know, trying to do their best, and, it's, and it's, especially in a developing stage, age and stage.
2: Well, and it's interesting now, uh, Dan, as you know, Illinois Junior Golf Association starts the first week in April now. Um, so so you know, they're, they're six weeks ahead of where you were back in uh, 1999. So it's a, real, it's a real tribute to you that you started this event and it, and it, it goes on and it's been going on. And it's been so popular there for years and uh, it's just uh, just terrific. Um, so, so it's great. Uh, and I know that uh, everybody in the, in the golf community in Chicago appreciates your efforts on that.
3: Well, I appreciate that, Barry. And I'll tell you, Matt, and all the, all the workers at the Illinois Junior Golf Association, they work hard. they got these long days and hours. And uh, we put on their plate of uh, let's run some earlier events because the demand's there. Parents are happy, you know, that they're got a chance for kids to play and things, and it, it's 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 all good. And uh, you know, uh, we as a board appreciate their their efforts, and we appreciate the kids, you know, trying to do the best they can. And uh, we also understand it's a it's a difficult game, and this is going to help them in the long run in a lot of things they do.
0: Dan, uh, it's great to talk to you again. Uh, GolfOakbrook dot org is the uh, the website, correct? If people want to to get a hold of you uh, and uh, find out more about Oakbrook Golf Club.
3: Absolutely, and like it, the course is in fantastic shape. And uh, like a lot of golf courses in the area, we welcome the golfers, and we know it's busy. But you know what? Uh, there's nothing better. There's nothing much better to do than get out there and play some golf. Yep.
0: Let's let's get out of quarantine. Let's get back outside. And uh, Dan, Coach of uh, we appreciate your time uh, on our Swing Thoughts segment this morning.
3: You got it, Mike. Thanks a lot, Barry. Bye.
0: Thanks, thanks, Dave. Dan our from Oak Brook Golf Club, uh, GolfOakBrook.org, org, uh, as we mentioned, and uh, great guy. I didn't realize he was the uh, founder of the uh, Junior Classic, Barry, and uh, very cool. We, we've had a, we've we've sprayed to all fields, as they say in baseball, this morning here. In, well,
2: uh, yeah, and and Mike, we had the uh, I like to call him the uh, West Suburban Golf Mafia, and it's uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a large group, yes. but the, boy, those boys. Uh, there is a group and they're really, it's really terrific. So no, it, it was yeah, great talking.
0: Yeah, Dan, it was great talking to Dan Kochavar. It was great talking to Roger Warren from Kiowa, uh, Art Strickland down at the Byron Nelson and Ed Stevenson from the preserve at Oak Meadows and the Forest Preserve District of DuPage County. Appreciate all their time this morning. Thanks to you for listening and texting us in. Uh, appreciate Adam Studzinski, as always, does a great job producing this show. Uh, Barry, thanks to you, my friend. We'll talk to you again next week, PGA Championship week.
2: That will be fun, Mike. I'm looking. I look forward to talking to you. Thank you so much. It was a a really good show. Thanks for a great Great, job.
0: Great show, Barry. And uh, yes, so we will uh, leave Wade to early odds next, and then inside the clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. Full day of sports excitement right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The Score.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.